Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Murph and Coach Pace. It is season two, fellas. This is episode one of season two. It's been a year already, and it's been a good year. The year's gone by so fast. We've been able to do a lot of things with this show, and we got a bunch of stuff in store for you all um, this season. So we're really excited to get it, get us going. We're going to jump right into things. We've had another weekend of us shaking our heads. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about pro football, a little bit about college football and all that kind of stuff. But Coach Pace, you have plenty of material this week for your hot seat. So who is on your hot seat this week? Well, um, we're going to start out with a real good one, you know. First one I'm going with this week. I'm, I'm going to put a whole basketball organization on the spotlight today because they did not show up to work, all right? Oh, now, I've never heard of a score like this. Most of y'all probably haven't either, unless it's high school. But in a professional game, this was the actual score. The Memphis Grizzlies had 152 points. Now, you might be thinking like, hey, you know, the other team must have had 141. Now, the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder showed up and got a merely 79 points. Now, if y'all can't do the math, I'm going to tell you, that is a 73-point loss, the worst in NBA history. I'm putting the whole organization on blast because that's unacceptable. I feel like everybody that pretended to show up need to get their game checks back. Cause that's unacceptable. What man? What what y'all think about this? Cause that 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 threw me. Yo, I didn't I didn't know what to think about. I thought it was a typo, and we had one of my other group chats going. Coach wake up hit us in the chat like, "Yo, is this what's going on?" And then Coach Nighty was like, "Yeah, this is what's going on here." We were like, "Is John Morant playing or not?" And they're like, "Nah." I was like, "Whoa, wait." So you got Shea Gilgis Alexander, and you got like a team that was supposed to be on the, you know, at least doing better than a 73-point loss. Like that's he didn't play, by the way. He didn't play? Okay, good. He could keep his game checked in because he didn't he didn't he, but how how does that happen? Like, how are you as a professional basketball team that bad? Any given because we've seen tough losses before, you know, we've seen Jordan's Bulls beat Malone's uh, Jazz in one of the NBA Finals games by like, it was like 39 points or something like that, 40 points. You know, it was a game. But you lose by 70, over 70 points? Yeah. I, that, that's time that you just need to wipe everyone off the, off the roster. Or in the words of Draymond Green, that's worth the fine. Like, they need to be paying that money back to the league. They need to give every fan back their money for that game. Because I know I did not pay good money. NBA tickets are not cheap. There's people that pay for front row seats for that game. That watch their team lose by over 70 points. Absolutely not. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they got to – they need to be <laughs> – the people that traveled out there need to be refunded for their tickets and also the money they spent to get there. And the players – I, honestly, I can't even say the the players need to should have bought their own flights back home, or they should have probably walked home. I don't I don't know if y'all saw about I forgot what team it was. It was a college team where the coach called a timeout and made his team run sprints. That's what they should have did. 
like that, like that was that was egregious <laughs> like how do you you can't first of all memphis getting that many points looking like they're the 2017 2018 golden state warriors like kd and steph is there and clay like that was nuts so i, I mean i told you on the group chat they just need to Get rid of OKC. The Thunder is dead. Go ahead, bring back the Seattle Sonics, the Supersonics, and and we'll just wipe that out of history because that's embarrassing. That is embar- You are a grown man getting beat by 73. That's a 2K score right there. Yeah, no, you, you, it's not even a 2K score because you stopped playing at that point. <laughs> you stopped playing after like 30. I ain't going to lie. If, if, you, if you're still playing and you're down 50, you're a sick man. And that's when you, if you're winning or losing. Like, that. that's nuts. So, like, I, I'm just curious. I just wish I was just, like, on that plane to see what the vibe was. Like, nobody should be happy for the rest of the season. Like, they should just always go in disappointed. And if they don't win their next game, it's a wrap. So you, as the coach's box, we're going to put our coaching hats on. If you're the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, what do you tell your team? Wow. Um, you're fired. <laughs> all, of you. <laughs> all of you. All of you are getting traded for draft picks, and we're just not going to have a team. And then we'll take those draft picks and send it to Seattle, and they'll, you know, do a little draft and, you know – Start start from the bottom. Well, actually, you're already at the bottom. So, I mean, you lose by 73. I don't care what your record is. <clears throat> so, as a coach, I'm going to be like, listen, listen, forget about this game. Because we all know what happened this game. This is going to be my exact speech. We all know what happened this game. Y'all manhood is in question. So, I'm going to tell you now, <laughs> listen, next game is going to show me a lot. Because your manhood's already in question. 73. Grant, I can I could be the worst coach in the world, but y'all are professional basketball players. Professional. I didn't make it to the league. Nope. Not not one bit. Y'all in the league. And y'all losing by 73. We losing by 73. Y'all families lost by 73. Yeah. Your your little girlfriend waiting on you at the hotel. She, you think she want to see you after seventy three? All right then. Next game gonna tell me a lot, man. We ain't even watching the film. We on, we on the plane to wherever we gotta go, man. This is gonna tell me a lot. Cause y'all, y'all, y'all looking real sorry right now. We looking real sorry. Like, yeah, like there's, there's no game film watch. I agree with you on that one because yeah. you did everything wrong. So like, there's no, there's no <laughs> point of like pinpointing. See, you gotta go above that screen. No, it's that's more than that. It's more than that. Like, you literally everything that you could have done wrong, you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, literally everything. And who is on the Grizzlies getting buckets like this? Like, that, like that's... You know what? I didn't even think to look up the, the stat line because I want to know who was really getting buckets like that. Yeah. Uh, like that. Jackson, actually, it was a whole team effort. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I feel like at least seven players had to have 20-plus. Like they, at that point, they was getting injured reserves out there. It's like, hey, yo, man, get in on this. The water boy dropped 25. Listen, if, no if it was like I, 10 people in double figures, though. Listen, if I play, if I play for Memphis, 
I will request a trade just so I can be like, you know, you saw what I just did. <laughs> pay, pay, <laughs> me max, pay me a max contract. So Jared oh, Jackson Jr. dropped 27. So he had the high. Uh, then, yeah, Melton with 19. Concher with 17. Aldama with 18. Uh, we had a couple people with 11. We had three people with 11. Uh, Jones had 10. Like I said, Ja wasn't playing. So, like, they literally let these no-name people drop 152 points outside of Jaron Jackson. Drop 152 points. I Yeah, Dylan Brooks is decent, but he only had 11. Yeah. Even now, he didn't even hit double figures. If Ja played, they probably would have put up 210. <laughs> 210 to 79. Probably didn't have 210, man. That's crazy. That that's definitely hot seat where that's a good one. You got another one for us? Yeah, uh, real quick. I'm gonna let Coach Murph take this one off. But I was watching the game live. This is a special request because we all watch this live on Sunday. <laughs> Our man, actually, not my man. I don't associate myself with him. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie to you. Uh I'm gonna just say Philadelphia receiver, man, Jalen Rager. Um, I'm gonna just let Coach Murph take it over, man. It's especially for you, baby. All right. So I was on here last week bragging about how bad our schedule is on the back end. And with the Dallas loss, that like we were in prime position to make a push to take the division. Like we wouldn't have won, but we would have inched a lot closer and made it a lot more believable. I mean, the Giants aren't good. They're not that good. The defense has been playing great. And they played great that game. Jalen Hurts was bad. But when it came down to the clutch, he pulled himself together during that last drive where they could have took the lead and won the game. But we have a special, special player on the team that is a first-round draft pick that was picked over Justin Jefferson that had two passes on that final drive that hit him in the hand and he just dropped it. This is why Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager from TCU, trash. I don't understand why he's on the team. He should have been off the team. He should have never been drafted to the team. I, I just don't get it. And, and to give y'all more details on the bottom, because on the last play where he dropped it, like, at the goal line with no one touching him, he actually, like, kicked the safety and caught the ball and then just dropped it. But during that play, before the play went down, Devontae Smith, who I am starting to love more and more each week, went to the head coach, Nick Sirianni, and said, Give me the ball. So he goes out there and he gets open to left, wide open, and Hurts missed his read. And the funny thing about it is, I don't know how he missed him because he was open off rip. But the second read was supposed to be to Dallas Goddard. So I don't know how Jalen Rager or how Jalen Hurts made his way to Jalen Rager, especially after he dropped the pass two plays before 
right in front of him. But that's the route he chose. And Devontae Smith at the end of the game threw a fit. He was pissed, and rightfully so. I'm like, we we have history together. And you give it to Jalen Rager? When we got the division, we're playing for the division? That's not Justin Jefferson. <laughs> That's Jalen Rager. So he has to go. Like, I, I'm like, what do you say? I'm just like, what do you say to him in the, the wide receiver room? Like, I know, like, <laughs> Devontae Smith probably hates this man at this point. Like, why is this guy on this? This is my team now. Like, you, I'm the guy. I'm the true first-round pick. Like, Rager should have been, like, a third, fourth-round pick. But Howie Roseman thinks he's smarter than everybody and repeatedly just shows how dumb he is. So I would have probably asked him to remove his helmet to make sure he wasn't Nelson Aguilar by coming to – they're the same man. <laughs> They're the same man. They're probably related. They're probably cousins. They have to be. Like, the, that's insane. Like, the, for the ball to hit, you are, a, I think he was picked at 16. You said too early? <laughs> Listen, getting, at this point, getting picked anywhere is too early in that, in that draft. Like, that. DK Metcalf was before him, too, was uh, after him as well. They passed on DK but that, that was a that's a different draft. That was a different draft. At least it should have been. Oh yes, my bad. Yeah, but but in bringing up DK during that draft, they did pick somebody before him. Do you know who he picked? They picked Ortega Whiteside. JJ Ortega Whiteside, he who has time. less who who has less receptions than DK has touchdowns. Two receptions for 36 yards the entire year. Basically plays on special teams. But like even but even in the career, he has less catches than <laughs> DK has touchdowns. So this is what I'm dealing with with the front office. It's like whenever the teams start coming together, I'm loving Nick Sirianni. Everybody was confused when he was selected as a coach because they're just like, like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I understood what they were trying to bring the Colts organization to try to keep Wentz, but Wentz was already out the door. But he turned out to – he's not a bust. He, he actually looks like he knows what he's doing after he figured out he knew that they need to run the ball. But outside of that, yeah, that, that – if Rager's on this team – he shouldn't be on this team next week. Like, he should just be on the exempt list or move to the practice squad or just cut – but he better not be on this team next season. I'll tell you that. But, like, who, who are you going to put in his place? Quez Watkins? Yeah. <laughs> you could put Quez Watkins. You could put Greg Ward. I don't care who you – you could put me out there. Listen, Greg Ward, <laughs> hey, Greg Ward was formidable. Jalen Rager. Eh. Even, even, even Quez Watkins. Like, he's had solid games. He's a – I mean, like, they use him. He's a speed guy. But, like – all those guys, I'm I'm okay with having over Rager. Like you, you're a first round pick, and like you you can you can't even be traded for anything. Like nobody will want you, so you was literally a wasted pick. Yeah. So, 
But this season we had, I, I think we right now we're projected to have like three, two or three top ten picks as of now. So time out when what year was uh Jalen Rager drafted? Uh, I want to say like two years ago. Two 2020? Yeah, 2020. Huh? I think. Are you looking at all the receivers that was in that draft picked after them? I'm just trying to make sure I got all the receivers. You know, the more that I think about it, we shouldn't even have a segment about him. I, I regret you putting him up here now because, like, it's like you don't even deserve time on the coach's box, let alone on the field with professional players. That's why that, that police siren outside. Hey, they this, for this is bad. <laughs> this is actually really bad. He yeah. should be on the jug machines until his hands bleed and then catch some more. Like, that – because there was there was Jerry Judy, CD was in that class, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson. Well, all all of them got picked before him because they originally Philly wanted CD, but Dallas stupidly picked him even though they didn't need him. So that's why we didn't get CD. So, what about T Higgins? Was he drafted before him? Honestly, I don't even remember because I was just so dead set on us having C.D. Lamb. And then when he got picked up, I was sure that I was like, all right, well, Justin Jefferson is our guy. And then like, Philly still likes Jalen Rager. I text my my friend Seal like, huh? Was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, y'all missed out on some bangers. I got y'all real quick. Um, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, mm. E. Higgins. Michael Pittman, this is Chenault, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson. And we got Jalen Rager. They were were all available. That hurts. Like, Like, I'm pretty sure nobody was thinking about him. At that point, like I'm pretty sure people behind it was like, "Oh man, I guess Justin Jefferson is off the board," and then it's like Jalen Rager. Like, what? what? <laughs> See, this is what happened when Jalen Rager. I mean, when Howie Roseman tried to act like he's the smartest in the in the room. This past year, he drafted a, I think he drafted like a DT, and he tried to fist bump one of the front office guys when he picked him up, and he just kind of like waved them off because he's just like, "Like, why did you pick him?" <laughs> Like, I think it was one of our scouts, and he was just like, like, no, that's not who we wanted. So, I mean, that's enough of that. I'm done talking about that. Both of them needs to – both him and – Howie and Rager needs to go. Go ahead. And throw this one. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this. I think we have to touch on this at least a little bit here. So, I'm personally offended because – you know, a couple of weeks ago, I made the bold prediction that Michigan State was going to upset Ohio State, right? And then I had to, to, you know, to eat my words. And then because of that, I said, you know what? Yeah, we're definitely going to beat Michigan. And they laid an egg. They got absolutely massacred. 
against Michigan. So I was close to being around. I was just a week off, and I had the wrong Michigan team. But how do you let Haskins run the ball wild all over your defense like that? Go ahead. <laughs> I got this one. I got this one. Because you got all them California boys. Now, from my understanding, um, Ohio State does not really recruit Ohio in inbred Ohio players unless they're linemen or they are like dead set on like Ohio State. This is it. Or you got to be like a top five recruit like Jack Sawyer or somebody like that. Outside of that, they're going to Texas, California. They barely get any Florida players or they're going to like upstate New York or something like that, you know. Um, so my assumption is once they saw that snow and nobody like, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't play football in the snow. DeMars, you probably didn't play football in the snow too. Mm-hmm. Once they saw that snow, I'm going to tell you now, you do not want to be hitting the snow. Now, as a Midwest kid, you get used to it. But if you're from California, yay, and you ain't never seen no snow, and you in college and you get hit by grown men, you get hit, you get a little timid. <laughs> you get a little timid. And so, listen, they start all them corn-fed boys from Michigan because they recruit from Ohio. They take a whole lot of Ohio players, uh, Midwest players. Boom. They got, they got to grinding it out. And, I mean, straight up the middle, everybody know how they run defense trash. And, you know, at that point, I mean, all them California boys started folding. Like, look at CJ. Cheap tents, baby. Hey, they don't want to be in Ohio. So, that's what I – I think they manhood got tested and clearly revealed as soft. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, we we all thought – I mean, it was a clean sweep. Honestly, it should have. And y'all just – I think it's a mixture of like what what Coach Bay said. The the weather is just so foreign to them that they're just like, oh wait, this is playing in this is kind of different. I mean, like playing receiver, like you said, getting hit is different. Even catching passes is, is different. Like you just stay trying to look for like hand warmers throughout the game because like you just go through them quick. But like that's just embarrassing. Like you, you didn't, you weren't even close. Y'all looked bad all game. There wasn't even, there wasn't even a point of a game where we were just like, oh no, we got this. It's just kind of like I, things will happen, and I'm like, okay, y'all about to blow this somehow. Somehow y'all gonna blow this. So, I, I was on, and it just looks nasty. Like I mean, we talked about how when it comes to sports shows, I watch. Um, undisputed a lot and I feel like every single commercial they're promoting the Big Ten game because they're it's going to be on FS1 and it just looks disgusting seeing Michigan versus Iowa for Big Ten championship like it doesn't even sound right it doesn't look right their jerseys look weird facing each other like I none of that makes sense and then I don't even do y'all even know what bowl game we're gonna land in I don't know if they released yeah. it the hot the, Cheeto Bowl. The hot Cheeto Bowl. That's where we're going. I'm making a guess. The hot Cheeto my, my, my wife over here laughing in the kitchen. The, the hot Cheeto Bowl. Listen, because we can't go to the Rose Bowl because we didn't win the Big Ten Championship. We're not in. 
the loser would go to the Rose Bowl. So we go on to some something irrelevant. Back you, you're you are the number like yeah you were the number what we were two three three we we're number three and you landed in a hot cheeto bowl mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like what like like after y'all like y'all should win the bowl game of course i don't care who y'all play y'all better win and y'all should but like you can't even celebrate after that. Like I'm when I come back to Ohio and go um, down to Ackerman on campus where they have like their trophy cases, and you walk through there, you see all the you know you see the national championships, you see the Rose Bowls, you see all these things, and you just want to see a bag of hot Cheetos sitting on a trophy. I wouldn't even put that in the case. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like it's gonna be Chester Cheetos just holding a bag of hot Cheetos, just stand, just like clowns. clowns, a bunch of clowns. That was disappointing to see them get bullied for four quarters. Like you know, I, they they single handedly got Jim Harbaugh like at least five more years at Michigan. Gave him false, gave him false hope. False hope for five more years. Because y'all want to. CJ got to go. By the way, I've been saying this. He has to go. He's not the quarterback for us. He he's too hit or miss. He's inconsistent. You said Coldridge got to go. <laughs> Coldridge got to go. You really. Lost. I still can't wrap my head around it. I'm just like y'all lost to Michigan. Yep. Soft. Bad. Soft. That's all I proved. We we really soft. We was getting away with it. We should have noticed that after the Oregon game when yep. it was punching us in the mouth. But we gave him a you know a little. All right, that's that one L. Whatever. Nah, bro. that just confirmed it last. We're about to come back as, like, I think next year we'll probably be ranked, like, eight or something like that. Because the thing about it is, as I said, Jim Harbaugh is John Harbaugh. Uh, but um, that Oregon loss is looking worse and worse because Oregon has not panned out to be the team that a lot of people thought they would be this year. I know they did win um, their last game, but they were slipping a lot. So for Verdell to be running all over us like that earlier in the season – and then for us to find a way to lock up Michigan State's running back, and then we get dominated by Michigan's running back, it's like, you know, what's the identity of this team? And I think they really have an identity crisis uh, as well. Because for them to be up and down like that shows that they don't have consistency and discipline mm. uh, in order to be a top four team in the, in the uh, Division One. That's what I got out of that. Last thing, did y'all notice how they rotated a lot? Like, they would rotate linebackers a lot. They would rotate D-linemen a lot. And I get D-linemen because you got to keep people fresh. But we never really had that dominant individual. Like, when a couple years ago when we went to the Natty and, like, made those playoff runs, we had consistent great play from D-linemen. The D-linemen only came out when they were tired. And linebackers – I don't know what they're doing with linebacker, but like when we were really, really good on defense, the linebackers never came out either. So like rotating linebackers and rotating D linemen, I'm like, 
Bro, you just asking to get exposed because you basically rotating cold people in and out. And it's like you have to get in a rhythm on defense. You have to get connected. You have to be able to know who you're communicating with and stuff like that. So I'm like, bro, and then the scheme, I ain't even going to get on the scheme. We're going to leave the scheme alone because I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to just say the chemistry just seemed all off with the defense this year because they was like forcing too many combinations. You got pass rushers that ain't even real pass rushers, all them fakes, five stars. You know what? Hey, man, let's go to bed. I'm done. <laughs> man, like, yeah. Yeah, who knew? Who would have thought going into this season that the University of Cincinnati would be the school representing Ohio, probably in the college football playoff? Who would have thought about that? Hey, that, hey now, it, <laughs> now they're lucky that Cincinnati didn't make their way into the Big Ten because we probably would have lost that game too. <laughs> Man, well, we're going to get into some uh, NBA here, NBA talk. So we got um, a really good season going on so far. I've been excited about the games going on outside of that OKC Memphis game. But Stephen Curry, Chef Curry, that boy been eating all season long, 27.8. Points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 6.6 assists a game. That's what he's doing right now. Without his partner in Clay, Clay, who will be back a little bit um, after the uh, holiday break. But I'm like, who is going to challenge Curry for MVP? I think that's the question where, like, everyone's trying to climb the ladder to catch Curry right now. Uh, So I'm going to throw a couple names out there and – a lot of people have Kevin Durant as number two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put him at three on, on my personal list. I'm actually going to put Giannis as my number two. So, really, I know after last season and all of our Giannis talk, he has quietly put together 27.6 points a game, 11.8 rebounds, and six assists. Okay. Because I'm looking at who is doing the most valuable work for their team. And so, you know, the Joker has been out. You know, he's been out for four games. He did come back and got him a win last game, but they've been struggling. Um, The thing about it is, is that Chris Paul is on top five of a lot of people's list. But Chris Paul doesn't have the kind of like the numbers. He's at 14 and a half points a game, four rebounds and 10 assists. But the thing about it is, Booker's been elevating his game. Aiton has really been elevating his game. He gave Draymond all kinds of buckets uh, when they when they went toe-to-toe with the Warriors. So I can't quite put Chris Paul because I don't think he individually is the one. I think everyone is playing better um, on that team. So I have, I have it as Curry, Giannis, and then KD at number three. Uh, Coach Pace, I know you had somebody else at number two. Or, you know, so who do you have on your list? Man, y'all need to put some more respect on this man because ain't nobody talking about him and what he been doing on a consistent basis every night, night in, night out. I don't care who he with. DeMar DeRozan. Why is we not talking about DeMar? Why is we not talking about DeMar? That's a good, well, I think Zach Levine takes away from DeMar DeRozan in a lot of people's eyes. You know what? Chris Middleton ain't taking nothing away from Giannis. All right. 
Andrew Wiggins ain't taking nothing away from. I mean, granted, they ain't on the same level, though. I'm not comparing them. But okay, like we can't just be out here. Well, it's the same three, four people. Granted, we know they're the best player, but like Demar, I feel like Demar sets the tone for the Bulls. We can give Zach Levine all the credit, but he wasn't doing too much. And you know, Lonzo and Vucevic and all that. But I feel like money on the line. Y'all going, DeMar going to get his. He's a certified mid-range guaranteed bucket. Closest thing we've seen to Kobe since Kobe left us. All right? When it comes to the mid-range. All right? And my other dude is the Joker. We didn't already spoke about that. I don't know why they ain't talking about the Joker no more. He averaging 26, 14, and 6. Then my two. But y'all need, we need to show my man DeMar some love because he really be taking over. It's just, it be getting glossed over because we talk about the usual suspect. Yeah. I mean, DeMar's at 26, five and four. So he's not far behind him at all. And on the, uh, that kind of the key MVP ladder, DeMar is ranked seventh um, on that list with um, Jimmy Butler being right ahead of him at six. And then behind DeMar DeRozan is Zach Levine at eight. So you have two, two bulls there at seven and eight. So that's why I think Zach Levine is kind of like it cannibalizing DeMar DeRozan's um, popularity. But they need each other, to be honest. So, yeah, go ahead, Coach. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy would be higher if he wasn't uh, – if he didn't keep getting injured. I don't know what's up with the guy. But me, I mean, I, Steph is head and shoulders above everybody in the race clearly um my number two i would still put Jokic. i'm thinking of the situation no jamal murray no uh michael porter jr and he's still you know making the team competitive whenever he's on the floor i also have a name that has that is not on this list but it has been brewing in my mind we need to start talking about LaMelo Ball. I mean, 28 and 8. <clears throat> I mean, the guy, the guy's a he's he's balling. And he's a part of he's a part of a young team, solid team. Uh, you know, scary Terry, all those guys are really good. But just like how you talk about how cannibalizing with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, I don't think any of them truly come close to LaMelo's potential. And <clears throat> By the end of the year, he should be talked about a lot more in the MVP race. And if anything, he should be running away with the MIP race as well. Nah. See, the problem with MIP is his teammate who then took off Miles Bridges. Because Miles Bridges has been, been really hooping. Yes. Miles Bridges, he ain't, he ain't, but like he looking like a form. You looking at Miles Bridges, like, all right, we actually got a game plan for Buddy now. Like, it's, it ain't no easy, you know, go ahead. So I think that's why um, they ain't really paying like LaMelo the homage that he should get. And plus, Anthony Edwards is over there in Minnesota. And, you know, Anthony Edwards is a problem. Yeah, that's a bad boy. That's a, that's a bad man. Yeah. That's a, Anthony Edwards is a bad, and bad. will never, ever get his recognition as long as he stays in Minnesota, unfortunately. Listen, I, I, I'm having this conversation with a couple of my uh, um, friends the other day, and I said, 
there are about four or five people that are not going to get the credit they deserve because of where they play. Even, um, and I think last will be like Zion, like Zion's not going to win in New Orleans. Like, so mm-hmm. he's not going to get to that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is not going to get to that full potential as long as he's in Utah. Um, John Morant is probably not going to get to where he can be as long as he's in Memphis. Damian Lillard in Portland. You know, so I look at all of these people and I, I would add Anthony Edwards to that. It's just you're not in the with the right organization. Hey, also, when it comes to Anthony Edwards, they need to fire that ref that called a charge when he punched on the old boy. Yes. He needs to be fired. Like you just really ruined a, a high. Well, like the highlight is that dunk was crazy as is. But and it was hella disrespectful because he grabbed the back of his head in a hole. But. Like, for him to not get points for that, you got to go. You got to be fired. When I when I saw that, I was like, are you serious? You just ruined a moment. Man, bro. In NBA history. Anthony Edwards is a certified bucket. Like, I ain't I ain't going to lie to you. I like his game. I like his game a whole lot. Oh, no, yeah. I was, I was over here thinking, I was like, bro, I'm about to cop me a jersey. For real, for real. Like, I, I'm, I really like him. And this also, this is a personal thing for me. Um, Cat's overrated, man. Cat can't win unless there's a better guy on his team. Cat yeah. couldn't do nothing until Jimmy B got there, and then now that Anthony Edwards is there, Cat is overrated to me. I, that's just that's just how I am. Hold up, you said Cat is another Anthony Davis? <laughs> no, hold on. I'm 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 for real. You said Cat is another Anthony Davis, right? Uh, and ideally, in different spectrums, because I feel like Anthony Davis has a higher potential, of course. But yeah, like he, what he is supposed to be coming out of college, he's that's not him. He's a solid number two guy. Okay, so I'm gonna just say this because I actually agree with that. I feel like Anthony Davis and Cat are the same person. It's just one has a chip, one doesn't. Because both of them can stat the stuff sheet and stat the uh, stat sheet like no other, mm-hmm. but I promise you they won't win worth nothing. No. So I feel like they really the same person. We just well, don't really talk about. It. <laughs> well, the difference is also outside of the ring is just one play with LeBron and one. Day. <laughs> so I mean, Basically. if you if you're a highly talented, a highly talented guy, and you're playing with LeBron James, you want to win a ring. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Okay. I mean, a lot of talent. You got a ring. You're not with Kyrie, not with LeBron. You haven't done anything. He's still at home. <laughs> but I mean, even with the Celtics and stuff, like a, a great up and coming team at that point in time, True. and you were the reason why they couldn't do anything. Trash. And just, just a side note, I'm looking at this NBA.com uh, MVP ladder list. LaMelo Ball is listed as like an honorable mention uh, with a couple other folks. Why is Rudy Gobert listed at number 10 on this list? Why Am I missing something? Yeah, yeah. They, they just like to put as many foreign players in there as possible. You are, James. You're missing stupidity. Like, and the thing about it is, is that I can see who wrote this article. Michael C. Wright is a senior writer for NBA.com. You can email him here. Literally has a link to email. I'm, 
I'm emailing him right after the show. That's ridiculous. No way Rudy Gobert should be top 10 on anything that has VP attached to it, unless it's defensive player of the year. But like talking about valuable player, like most valuable player, like MVP. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Like that's that's offensive. You know what's scary? Is I'm starting to think they think Rudy Gobert is like a version of Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard, bro, I'm I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that alone. But I'm gonna just say this. Dwight Howard is way, way up here. Rudy Gobert is, I don't know, a whole lot between that. I mean, that's a that's a fact because I mean Rudy Gobert can't carry a team like Dwight did. He's not even the best player on his own team. How are you gonna be number 10? By far. He, 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 he ended the he ended the league. <laughs> a couple of years ago, he started coaching. Now let me see. That's all he did, man. He was just trying to get rid of the competition to make himself seem better. Man, that's why. Okay, I, that was bothering me. That really surprised me. I expect to see that from people that watch basketball for a living. That's ridiculous. That's so great. It's me handing out jobs a bit. Okay, anyway, so we're going to shift back to the NFL here. And we're going to talk about the playoff hunt. So this playoff race is getting very interesting. Uh, the beautiful thing about the NFL that people really gravitate to is that every game holds some type of importance to it. Uh, so right now, I'm just going to tee up and I'll let the other coaches uh, dive into this one. Uh, so if we're looking at the AFC playoff picture. Ravens um, are number one right now. So you have Ravens, Patriots, Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Chargers. Only seven is going to get in from each side. So those are your seven from the AFC. If we want to switch over to the NFC, we have Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, 49ers, and the Washington football team rounding off the top seven for the NFC. So my question for you all is, and Coach Murphy could take this one first, is that what are you going to, where do you see in this playoff picture? Do you see some things shifting before it's all said and done? Um, are there any surprises here? Is there anyone that's going to come out of nowhere? What's going to happen with this playoff race? Honestly, looking at it, I feel as though it's going to kind of stay where it's at. Like, I think it's just going to be a shift in some of the, the wild card matchup games for the teams that's already in there. Cause everybody else is pretty much in stride. Like, I mean, you have, you know, the Rams who has fallen after, you know, losing a couple of games, but we all know that they're not going to lose enough to drop out of the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Um, a toss up one would be Dallas, but, that win against the Saints was huge for them uh, last night. So I feel like that kind of solidified that for them. The only way they would make it out is or fall out of it is if Washington happens to beat them twice and Philly beats them at the end of the season. But I feel like Washington and Dallas are going to split. I feel like one to win each. And that's what will help them keep their spot and take over the, the NFC East. Um, but if it ended today, what I kind of want to talk about is the matchups where it's looking at right now. So if the playoffs started 
this weekend, you will have Packers versus Washington, Bucks versus 49ers, Rams versus Dallas, and that's all in the NFC. And then in the AFC, you have the Patriots versus Chargers, which I feel like is going to be a great game. Um, actually, I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee falls out the playoffs. The with all the the injuries and now you it's just literally Tannehill and company. They they may fall out, but they right now they're projected to face the Bills, which I feel like will just wash them because he won't be able to stay up offensively. And then another good game I feel like would be the Bengals versus the Chiefs. So, so and that, but since I don't see Cincinnati falling out either, like because as much as I can see the Ravens kind of you know closing it out, I can, I, I can just see as much of them not being able to, to catch up and, and solidify that. So, my okay. I'm gonna build off what you said. So if the if the Titans play their way out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. are we doing Broncos that get in? Are we getting Raiders that get in? Colts? Those are our top three teams looking on the outside. Colts. I like I like the Colts. I like the Colts. Um, even after the blunder they had against the Bucks that they the game they should have won. Man. Like I, I was so I was so that was a game that I betted on and I took the Colts because I just knew and I think they got up. I think they were up like almost they were up two scores. Mm-hmm. And then you just gave the lead away. They gave them the game. They literally just because because you, you wanted to Wentz to go toe to toe with Tom Brady or something. Like y- y'all should have gave Jonathan Taylor the ball more. He, it, this was everybody was excited for this game because it you were potentially looking at the two top players in the MVP race going head to head, quote unquote, because then you know they both play offense, and that's what y'all do, Frank, right? Yeah, you forgot about Taylor until the fourth quarter, and by and he gets a touchdown. But it was too late. It, it was too late. You know, what I think it was is I think the Falcon staff and the Super Bowl took over. And it's like, hey, no, you got to throw the ball against Brady. And doesn't work. I just don't understand it. Like, I, y'all were winning games the less Carson threw the ball. Yeah. And then y'all just chose till now – to make it seem like he's he's the hero of the team. So yeah, that, that was bad. So I, I think um Marcus Brady and, and Frank Wright blew that game for him. And uh but I, I, I can still see them pulling themselves together. Cause I mean, as you saw against the Bucks, they can compete yeah. and against other teams. So uh, the defense solid, offense solid. I mean they're they should have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in a, a weaker division uh, technically too. So they can, you know, with the Jags and Texans, they can beat up on those teams. 
And if the Titans are sliding out, then the Colts could easily end up as first in the AFC South. And they would that would guarantee them a position. Yeah, definitely. What are you thinking, Coach Face? Um, so I think the AFC is right. I can see the Titans falling off for sure and the Colts replacing them. Um if they go on a run. And the only reason I don't think they're gonna go on the run is because of their quarterback. <laughs> I, believe, I believe I want to believe in Tomlin, man. That I knew you were going to just it, it's so beautiful. But I, I just feel like Tomlin, Tomlin, hey, Tomlin can rally rally him. It's just he got he to gotta pull a rabbit out of hat. If he pull a rabbit out of hat, I don't know what they need to do, but they just need to guarantee a lifelong contract if they can if they can pull it out. Well, the thing is, they what they should have done is treated Big Ben as Udonis Haslam and just have him on the team. Like, you don't have to play, but you can collect the check because you've been here long enough. You won for us. But honestly, I don't see it happening. And it's not it's not going to be Mike Tomlin's fault. I mean, you can only do so much, especially when, you know, the downfall of your team is coming from the most important position, which is the quarterback. But next year and moving forward, I mean, honestly, they're really only a quarterback away. Yes. Competing. They're literally a quarterback away. So you find a way to get a quarterback. You do have Mason Rudolph for another year. Do not use that as an option. <laughs> go get a good quarterback and then and go from there. And you got a young squad on both on both ends of the, the field, like on defense and offense. So you get you a young qu- quarterback to go grow with them. Like you just need a decent quarterback, someone that has an arm still. Like his big men's arm is shot. It's bad. Oh. It's gone. Like I, I mean, I don't care who they get at this point. Like they, they, I mean, they can go get Teddy B from the Broncos. That might be a reasonable contract for them. I'd rather see him at quarterback than to see Big Ben. Hey, actually, Jimmy Jimmy G's going to be on the market. There's word out there that they're going to trade him in the off season and move forward with Trey Lance. So he'll be out there. Um, I can't think of anybody else that really that would be worth making a move for. I mean, I mean, Cam would be out there, even though he didn't look too hot against <laughs> the Dolphins. But I, I feel as though that he would be a better placeholder than moving forward Mason Rudolph until you find something, or you just have to. I don't know what pick you're sitting at right now, uh, but it, you could take a risk on a quarterback, but depending on how late and who's available. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this whole Deshaun Watson thing, too, because that's going to – if he comes out where he's able to play, then a lot – that's going to change the landscape for a lot of teams. A lot of teams are probably going to be trying to – Russ, Russ will be out there, too. Russ will be coming back after this. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Oh, did by the way, 
I'm I don't want to spend too much. There's so many people that could be on the hot seat. Sean Payton, Taysom Hill ain't it. <laughs> he's not it. I don't know what you're trying to prove. He is just an athletic, he's just a more athletic Tim Tebow with but his arm is worse. Like his throwing motion, his decision making, I could play better than he can at quarterback. Like if you signed me to a day contract, I could have probably won that game for you without Alvin Kamara. <laughs> so like that that was that was horrible. It was but a- they gotta figure something out if if Winston won't be ready to play next year. Mm-hmm. Man, that's we'll, we'll, we're gonna see. It's something else that happened too. They got people, some people riled up. Coach Pace, I'll let you start uh, with this one is Antonio Brown being uh, suspended. So just to let people know some of the, uh, the details behind this. So he's one of three players. Um, you have uh, Buck safety Mike Edwards and free agent wide receiver John Franklin III who have been on the Bucks practice squad. So those are the other players suspended. They are being suspended for three games without play, without pay, sorry, for following um, a league investigation that determined that the three violated COVID-19 protocols. So let me remind you, like, so they said that he misrepresented, they misrepresented their vaccination status. That was the quote from the league. Now, last month, the NFL fined um, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Alan Lazard after found out that the two players did not follow the league COVID-19 protocols and they went to a Halloween party. And then there was a question about uh, Rodgers actually misleading the facts and he's actually unvaccinated. So, and he was only, he only missed with the, with the game, the one game Rodgers did. So Coach Pace, what do you make of all, all these shenanigans? Well, um, didn't Aaron Rodgers get COVID? Is that ain't that why he missed the game? He had to go to COVID protocol. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't suspended. They just okay. So that's all I need to know. Now we could talk about AB getting a fake legal document, and yes, I'm cool with him being suspended three games. My issue is. If y'all gonna get into basically they both lie. If we really breaking it down to the most finite thing of why they got in trouble, we're breaking it down by lies. Now, if you're gonna suspend somebody for a lie, which both of them did, AB got three games. Okay, you can you can say, well, AB got the vaccination card. Okay, that's why he got three three games. But you gotta keep it keep it uniform and at least suspend Aaron Rodgers a game. You didn't even spend it, suspend him a game. He just got to come. Uh, well, Aaron, you can't do that type thing. And I'm like, bro, y'all, that's my whole issue. Is like, y'all don't got no uniformity. I feel like it's AB. So y'all give him three games because the vaccination card and it was fake, whatever. But Aaron Rodgers definitely lied and had y'all fooled. And y'all didn't even go crazy like that. So I feel like it's, it's really not fair um, in the situation that they got. And that's why I'm not rocking with it. Outside of that, AB, I don't really care, bro. You an idiot. I, I mean, they didn't caught you red-handed. You didn't got caught red-handed too many times, bro. You can get in trouble. But that whole Aaron Rodgers thing threw me for a little loop. The thing about this is that 
uh, Antonio Brown's attorney is doubling down saying, yo, AB is vaccinated. And he could, like, his lawyer came out and said, this man is actually vaccinated. And he supports the vaccine for anyone who's a, it's appropriate for. And that the NFL made its determination. And instead of going through the drawn out and distracting process of challenging the outcome, Antonio Brown wrapped this up promptly and he will use this time as an opportunity to treat his ankle injury. So basically his lawyer is saying that Antonio Brown is actually vaccinated. And instead of fighting the NFL through all this, He's just going to nurse his ankle injury. That three weeks will give him an opportunity to come back strong afterward. That's what As if you can't prove it and still rehab. They're not – just because you prove yourself right, they're not going to be like, okay, go ahead and play next week. Like, no, you have an ankle injury. Nurse it. That just – that just and you're not getting paid. Like you can get paid with the ankle injury. Like what if we like all you gotta do is pull up the vaccination card? Like what is you talking about? Yeah. But what I don't what I'm having problem problems understanding is if I'm a player, I'm just a random player, I could be a bench player, I could be a practice squad player. I'm suing the NFL. Like, how seriously are y'all taking COVID right now that we're past midway during the season and you're just now finding out people are lying about being vaccinated? Like what? Like what were y'all doing when y'all were pulling in all these records to make sure everybody was vaccinated or not at the beginning of the season? You had all off season to figure this stuff out, and the year before that, when there was no fans, and it's like y'all y'all clueless. Like who else is out there lying about being vaccinated? Like somebody's not doing their job. And, and y'all want to lay the law down on everybody else, but who's laying the law down on y'all for dropping the ball? So I'm soon, I'm like, y'all put my, you put me, my family, and my team at risk because y'all have people out here maskless and dapping up. And like I said, I'm, you know, pro-choice. So if you want to get vaccinated or don't, you know, whatever, just be smart about it. You can be vaccinated and still do dumb stuff. But, like, just tell the truth. Everybody, you're affecting other people's lives, for one. So if you're going to run this organization, run it seriously. Act like people were dying from COVID and still are. So... Something needs to happen in that front. Like, Goodell, I don't know what the hell you got going on around there, but something, something's got to shake because that, that's ridiculous that we're, what, week 13? And and y'all just find it on now. And plus the, the names of the player, Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown, you would assume that uh, you would know at least the stars. I can understand if it's some practice squad or third stringer that you that slipped through the cracks. But somebody that you know that's going to be on the field and people actively trying to talk to them after the game and swap jerseys and all that, like those players, you should have them on lock. So I don't know what's going on over there. I I have no idea. It was, I need some more information because for his lawyer to come out and say that he's vaccinated. So like, for instance, at my job, we had someone that got caught forging a vaccination card. So what happened was they got the first shot 
and then they wanted to go to a concert and needed to be fully vaccinated. So they forged the second shot, went to the concert, and then went like that next week and got the second shot. So technically, this person is fully vaccinated, but when they turned it in, it was forged, right? Because it was two separate places that they got the shot and he didn't have the same card for both places. So when he turned it in, he had one with a forged signature on it, though he actually got two shots in two different cities. So like, is that what happened with AB? Like you just, you were fully vaccinated and you decided to forge one and you just turned one in and then got your second one to cover yourself and be like, okay, well, they won't need things. I'm fully vaccinated now. Or, or what, what, what was happening here? I don't know. I don't know. I got Maybe he ain't that smart. He's not, he has a proven track record of making dumb decisions and, and letting people in this corner hype him up to do stupid stuff. So this is, I guess is business as usual for him. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to move on to our, um, Fast five. So we will pick the winner and the score. And we have some great games this weekend as well. So we had some last week and we have some more this weekend. Um, Chargers at Bengals. Uh, so we'll start with Coach Pace. Who do you have in this one? Um, I got the Bengals 31-30. Mm, nice. All right, Coach Murph. I got Bengals 27-23. Dang, all in the Bengals. Okay, this one was tough for me. I'm going to go ahead and do uh, Chargers uh, 31 to 27. Uh, Ravens at Steelers. Uh, all right, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> Ravens should walk away pretty easy. I know it's a division rivalry and it'll probably be a tough physical game. Uh, but what I saw Big Ben do last week was absolutely atrocious. And I don't believe he's going to bounce back that much to be able to beat a team like the Ravens. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm going Ravens, uh, 27 Steelers. Uh, Coach Murphy, you have that one. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens as well. I'm going to say 28-17. I'm taking the Ravens 27-13. Uh, we got another division matchup. 49ers at Seahawks. I got 49ers in this one. The Seahawks have looked absolutely abysmal. Like, even with Russell Wilson coming back, I guess he had to do more exercises with his pinky and get his hand right because could have did 21 hours could have did 21 hours not 19 <laughs> wasn't cutting it it wasn't doing it you know you got to do more than that man because they their offense has looked pedestrian at best uh the 49ers on the upset even though they will be playing without Debo Samuel I think they'll have enough uh to get it done so I would go 49ers uh 24 Seahawks 17 coach pace um, I'm going 49ers, 25. I'm going Seahawks, 12, because they're hitting all field goals. <laughs> if they do that, I'm done, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to go 20 – I'm going to go 28-10. I'm 
uh, 49ers because on top of Russell's struggling, I mean, you're facing a really legit defense and also you're facing a team that loves to run the ball, so they're going to eat the clock up. So those short possessions that you were having last week will probably be a lot shorter this week because, you know, when you run the ball, that time goes. Yes. And another division matchup, the Monday Nighter, I'm really excited about watching. Patriots mm-hmm. at Bills. This game could be very tricky. Coach Pace, who do you have? I got the Patriots, man. I got the Patriots. 20, 28, 25. Coach Murph? Um. I, I really can't pick a score. I, I like I like Coach Paces. I, I do have the Patriots winning. Uh I think I'm I think I'm gonna go 30 Patriots. I I struggle with this one mightily. Josh Allen has seemingly regressed since last year and I think people have figured it out a little bit more on how to defend him as a quarterback and how to defend the receivers. He just a couple weeks found out that um, Stephon Diggs plays on his team. So like, he's just now getting him the ball, but uh, Belichick is really good playing against young quarterbacks, even the really good ones like your Herbert and your Burroughs and stuff like that. He finds a way to make your job extremely difficult. I think he's going to do that enough. Even against a good Bills defense, I think Mac Jones will make enough plays to get a win, but it's going to be close. I look at this one as a 27-24 Patriots. Um, And then we're going to switch over to the NCAA. We have a top four matchup right here. Number one, Georgia against Alabama. So, Coach Murph, who do you have in this matchup? I sat with this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go with the ATL man. Georgia 31, Bama 28. Man, is it Coach Pace? Hey man, I'm going to the Bulldogs, man. We going 30, 38, um, 28. Georgia's been doing their thing all year. They've been beating up on people like they should. Um, but I think this game is going to go to who needs to win more who has the most to lose by losing and that is Alabama Alabama pulls off an upset because they're going to have to win to secure their top four spot if they lose their college football dreams are over for this season they'll be in the Lays Bowl the ladies, they're gonna be in the toilet bowl. Some, some chair, yeah, the toilet, the the Mister Clean Bowl, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm picking them, uh, 30, 31, no, thirty three, uh, to twenty eight over Georgia. It's still gonna be a close game. Okay, so we picked some winners. We talked about a lot of disappointments, a lot of uh, sneaky picks out there. So Coach Murph. Who are you looking at this week um, to put some money on? Who's going to get us some paper this week? 
All right. So what what I was doing was I, I got I got three things. Okay. First things first. We touched on it. Debo Samuel's is not playing. So a good over pick for an over under will be Brandon Ayuk in yards is set for 59 and a half. Uh, he's going to get a lot of touches without Debo on the on the field. The next one, Raiders versus Washington. Washington is the underdog. I know that the Raiders looked good last week, and that addition of Deshaun Jackson looked like it helped a lot with all the receivers they're missing. And, you know, it's basically – and then also without Waller. So I feel like Washington defense, they've played really well against really great quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks they did it against are better than Derek Carr. So – uh, I like Washington in that game. And then I got a basketball matchup that's happening Saturday. Nets versus the Bulls. I'm on the Bulls bandwagon, man. I think they're about to take that W. Uh, it's They're on the road in the Barclays. But, I mean, at this point, playing at the Barclays is like another home game if your team is good. So, those are my bets. Okay, those are bad. I like the Brandon Ayuk one too, because someone's gonna have to step up for for mm-hmm. San Fran and with the the spotty Seahawks defense, yeah, someone's exactly. gonna take advantage of that. It, yeah. it might be Kittle, it might be Ayuk, it might be both of them. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I got something to slide, and this is not sports related, but James and Jennifer Crumbly are clowns, <laughs> and that's all I gotta say. If y- y'all knew who, th- who those people are, do y'all? Talk to us about that. Talk to us about that. I think some of our listeners would know. With Drake? Was that with Drake? No, 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 no. This is about the the high school shooting at Oxford uh, with Ethan Crumley. Yeah, I know about that. What'd they say? There was a, a teacher that reported that they saw Ethan looking up like uh, looking up ammunition in class and he reported it and they reached out to his parents and they left the voicemail and then they reached out again, but they never heard back from him at all. And then that incident happened and then reports came out of a text message, text message thread between that his mom sent to Ethan saying, you know, I'm not even mad at you. You just have to be smarter. Uh, you have you just have to be smarter so you don't get caught. Wow, I didn't hear about that part. Yeah, so they both um, got charged for involuntary manslaughter. So they're good. They're good. getting locked up. But, but yeah, that charged, was didn't he get charged for murder? Um, I, I believe so. So wouldn't they be accessory to murder? Because t- technically they're an accessory. Like they technically was like yeah. giving, they gave yeah. them the nudge. Like it wasn't like, hey son, don't. It was more like, hey, yeah. be next time so you don't get caught. Like that's a little uh, bit of. I, like, I'm not 100 percent sure what he was charged with because I I wasn't I heard about the incident but like I'm not. I I hate really looking into stuff like that. Um, unless if you know if it's a segment, then I have to do my research. 
Um, so, but that, that came across my, my timeline and I, I saw them talking about it in court and I was just like, are you serious? Like you're like approving of what your child just did. And then you're just going to ignore all the signs of what he was about to do. So yeah, there, the, there's some sick people out there. There's words that I would like to use, but you know, I can't do that on the show, but I mean, you can, uh, I'm pretty sure the listeners can fill in what words that I would really like to say. And if y'all know me, y'all, y'all know how colorful my language can get. So, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I mean, our hearts go out to everyone that was traumatized, mm-hmm. lost their loved ones, you know, their friends and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to go to school, man. Like that's that's crazy. It's crazy. And, um, it feels like sometimes it's hard for for us to feel safe anywhere. You know, just people in general, just to feel safe anywhere. We're always looking over our shoulders and stuff like that. And please, like, you see someone going through something, and you see signs of something. I'd rather. I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of us to talk about these things and go try to get some help for somebody. But I'd rather lose a friend that's mad at me because I brought attention to them, you know, spiraling and and having low mental health. I'd rather that than have, you know, some, you know, some people really hurt and taken away, taken off the face of this earth. Like I'd rather just lose a friend and to actually people for them to lose their lives, for people to lose their lives. So I know that's easier said than done out there. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's a simple solution, but we're going to have to do better. So whether you're the parent of someone, a friend of someone, whatever the case may be, anyone is capable of snapping at a point in time and doing something that's, that's not healthy, whether it's hurting themselves, whether it's hurting someone else, whatever the case may be. And it's our responsibility to step up and really look out for one another. Cause that's the only way we're going to address this and kind of try to get ahead of things before things get worse. Because if someone would address it a long time ago, maybe, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Maybe. Um, so yeah, we like to talk about some serious stuff on the show. I know it's a sports show, but it's a sports and culture show. So when we see things happen like this, we got to, we got to talk about them because um, if we don't, we're going to keep seeing these same repeated patterns happen. Um, so, yes. Any last words, guys? Um, you know, prayers for all that was involved, man. Sorry. Real quick. Justice was served. Uh, the cop that shot Casey Goodwin. Um, it's a yes. I tried to murder. So, hey, one step in the right direction. One step in the right direction. All right. Like I said, this is season two, episode one. We got a lot of good stuff. Uh, hey, we got some guests that are getting booked for the show. So definitely want you to um, stay tuned in. We got some fire coming soon. So thank you all for listening to another episode. On behalf of Coach Pace and Coach Murph, I'm Coach JP3. Stay blessed. Stay safe out there. Peace, y'all.